0: What can you do to follow that? Being in the presence of Jesus together is amazing. It's life changing. And I'm so grateful for a worshipping people that we really are hungry to worship and to meet with God together. It's so important in our busy weeks and lives that we set aside this first day of the week to come together and worship him. It's kind of like an offering that is minimal, isn't it? And I know that some of you, you know, you have to stand at work to be here on a Sunday. You have to stand firm on your convictions, that you're to be part of a body wherever you can be present in the church. It's vital in these days because we need each other and we need to be playing a part in the, the local church. Not just to be there, but to be someone who's giving and sharing the life that God has given you with others. So such an important time to come together to worship him, but also to receive from his word. I think one of the greatest deceptions uh, in the church worldwide is that you don't have to belong to a church. You can do life online online. And I always say to that argument, isn't it great that God didn't do life online? That he came in a human body? Isn't it important that we understand that the body of Christ is real people who know each other and are connected in the body of Christ? I did not plan to say any of this, but the Holy Spirit is talking. And he's saying that you and I need to belong To others and others belong to us in the local church and actually that's why you're here so I'm preaching to the converted but maybe you just needed reminding as to why you're part of the local church that actually we come together to worship to experience fellowship but also to hear his voice on your own you can easily be deceived and that's why it's really important to come together and uh, those that God has called and anointed to lead And to minister in God's grace to equip you to serve God. Well, we're really excited about this month. And uh, we are launching, September always feels a bit like a a new season, doesn't it? Uh, Holidays gone, don't cry. Um, And we're back into kind of the norm of working life, school and everything else that uh, begins to become kind of routine. Kind of routine, and um, the Lord really spoke, has been speaking to us over the last month on a particular subject. So we're going to be speaking on this subject for for a few weeks. So we're just opening up what the Lord has spoken to us about for us as a church. But He gave me this image uh, that's from the Bible. This picture of this man that was in the synagogue. You could say he was in a meeting. And Jesus was there. And you remember the the story that he had a withered hand. There was a part of his life that wasn't working at all. It was impossible for him to get this part back to working order. And it had limited his life. And you remember that Jesus spoke his word to that man. He called him forward and he spoke his word... And he told him to stretch out his arm, his hand. And in that moment, in response to the word, the man acted on what Jesus was saying. And instantly, that part of his life that wasn't working, began to work. And I believe that what God has put on our hearts is going to bring back, restore Or maybe for the first time in your life, there's a part of your life that God's going to bring back into operation. And it'll be because we're hearing his word and we're also acting on it. So there are two aspects of it. We're going to listen and then we're going to apply what Jesus says personally. So that we see the supernatural life, miraculous power of Jesus at work in this particular area. And that area is the power of a godly imagination. God wants to speak to us about having a godly imagination. Now, imagination is something you and I use all the time. If I said to you, where did you park your car? You could imagine where it was. I can see my car. Actually, but I can't see it. So imagination is internally getting a picture of something that you can't see present but is real. And that is a creative ability that every human being has to visualize, to get a picture of something. And God wants us to have a picture of what he has for us and what he wants to do in and with our lives. And this is so important. It's something that God spoke to me about personally at the beginning of August that I literally realized my imagination was like that with at hand and it stopped working well because life had become Just let's do this, let's get through this, let's. I was believing God, but my imagination, I'd almost lost the kind of image, uh, perspective of my mind to see as God sees. And to begin to visualize what God wants to do. And God has been restoring my joy through this holy imagination. And it's a vast subject. You'll read about it all the way through scripture. And uh, it's a really important word from God for us as a church here. The Bible has lots of references about imagination. But in the Old Testament, often it's referring to evil imaginations. People who think and imagine evil, sin, sin like lust or greed, and they begin to imagine themselves and get a picture, visualize something that is ungodly, and let me tell you, once you've seen it, you'll do it. Because that's how God made us. If we visualize something, then we enter into it. That's how adultery works. Satan is really pleased for you to go online Actually, online porn is adultery if you're married because you're being involved with another person, involved with another woman. People don't say that, but I do, and I'm sure Jesus does. And so the enemy wants to play into that and give you a visual picture of something, present you with something that you say, that's what I want to do. So it can be used in the negative. And in the time of Noah, all the people on the earth had evil thoughts and imaginations. And you remember that was when God sent the flood. Because the whole of the earth had this so um, demonically inspired thought life and hearts. It also, uh, in Genesis 11, the book of Beginnings, You remember there was a tower that's very famous called the Tower of Babel. It's still being used today in the language of the world. But we understand from reading Genesis 11 how people got together to have a plan to build a tower that would reach to the skies. And actually to build a name for themselves. And this plan was just a human plan. You wouldn't think there was anything wrong with building a tower that reaches to the skies. But involved in those plans was pride and self-promotion. And they wanted to do what they wanted to do without reference to God. And you remember that God saw what they were planning to do. And he said nothing they imagine to do will be impossible for them. Wow. This is without God that when people unite in one heart and one imagination, one mind, nothing they plan to do is impossible for them. And so God crashed that plan by bringing confusion amongst the people and so they had to split they had to divide because it wasn't God's plan it was going to build something that was going to be very 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 powerful but how many of you know no human plan is more powerful than the plans of God but we understand from scripture that we can have evil imaginations we can actually have an imagination that is full, filled with my own plans and it's actually how these home programs work. You know, uh, Kirsty and Phil, location and location, location, or somebody's moving to another country, and they go on TV, and they go around looking at different houses with someone who's going to present them those houses. And uh, you know what it's like. They go in, and they go around, and they look around at all these rooms and this property, and they look at the garden. And you often hear them saying, I just can't see myself here. Because they can't visualize living in that space. But another kind of house, suddenly when they go in, they go to their wife or she goes to the husband, I can see us here. Can you see us here? I can see us in this space. I can see the kids. That's their playroom. Or that could be our office. They start to visualize and imagine what life would be like before they've even bought the house. And so imagination is at work in marketing, in selling. All you have to do is go to a car salesman and admire the latest car and their goal is to get you to sit in it. And imagine you driving that car because they know that you're going to buy in to what you're visualizing. Even if you can't afford it, and even if you know you shouldn't, and you'll mortgage the house, you're still going to buy that car because that car is your dream. And that is what you visualize yourself doing. Driving around in this car. And that's a sales ploy. You know, that's how marketing works. And so God wants to restore our imagination to his thoughts, to his mind. Romans 12, 2 puts it like this. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in other words, there's a world pattern or there is a God pattern for your life. And this is warning us to not allow the world's pattern and ways to come into our imaginations. Even negative things that the enemy wants to sow into our lives. That we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And the only way that you and I can be transformed in the renewing of our minds as we take away the wrong imaginations and put the word of truth, what the spirit of truth, God's word says, and replace our minds with the mind of Christ or the word of God. Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, he's not going to lead you into all crazy plans that have got nothing to do with God's call on your life. He's the spirit of truth that guides you into all truth, the word of God. And Jesus actually said, my word is truth. So we need what's true for God to be in our minds, not true for our experience or our own opinions. Because God's word, God's truth will set us free free to live according to God's mind and plans. The thing is, I hasn't seen nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God will reveal these things through his spirit. God wants to do far more in your life than you've yet seen but if you've stopped visualizing it, you can't enter into, if you can't see yourself in that plan, you can't enter into it. Just like the house, you can't see yourself in that house. You can't move in. And, and it happen in your life. Now what's really important is that we're grounded in what we understand what faith is. And what the Bible calls a positive imagination. Which is in one word, hope. How many of you need a whole lot more hope? Well, let me tell you, you do. God's hope. God's hope for the future. God's hope for our nation. God's hope for our families and our children. God's hope for a marriage. God's hope for work. God's hope For the people we meet. And God's hope for you. We all need a restored hope. An imagination that is actually going to do us good. And bring us into the things that God has prepared for each one of us to do. But Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for. So faith and hope are different. Faith is a confidence, a certainty, and faith, Romans ten seventeen says, it comes into our lives through hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes to us through the word of God. When we hear it, And we accept in our hearts. Faith is being sure inside that you know that what God has said, he is going to do. Or what God says about you is true about you. Yeah? So faith is being sure, confident, that's the word, of what we hope for. And hope, in biblical language, is having a positive imagination of things that are not yet present, but definitely real, because they're real in terms of how God sees it. Amen. So a positive imagination is hope. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, a future expectation of good. God has a future expectation of good for those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. God has all things working together for good for those kinds of people. And so it's this imagination, this hope, not just believing the word, but allowing that word to create a picture in our minds of what God is going to do because of what he has promised and we've accepted that promise. Uh, I think of Peter like this and the 12 disciples when they're in that boat and you remember Jesus walked on water in front of their view and I put it to you that God's hope for your future is to do the same works as Jesus. But your mind might not be quite imagining that. A bit like the 11 disciples in the boat. He didn't get rid of those 11 disciples. He worked on them. I you need God to work on you. I need God to work on me. And so Peter was one amongst the 12. And he saw Jesus doing something that he thought, God, I'd love to do that. He started to see himself. Like somebody who goes into a property, they see themselves there. He, sees, he saw himself there. I can, I can see myself doing what Jesus is doing. God wants a church like this. He wants you to be like this. To see myself doing what Jesus is doing. And so he's, he's kind of on the, I can imagine, you know, there's the edge of the boat. Stop me falling in. And uh, he's looking out going, I'm getting a picture. Yes. I see Peter's going to be where Jesus is. And he said, Lord, if it's you. So he didn't go just with an image. He went with a word and an image. Can you see faith and hope are working together? Jesus said, come. So he had a word and he had faith. And then he got an image of himself. Walking on water. And do you know what changed the image? The wind and the waves. That started to communicate a picture. And you know what he visualized when he went down? He visualized he'd sink. And so he did. And when he visualized he could walk on water, he walked. When he visualized he'd sink, he'd sank. So if you're visualizing failure, you will fail. But if you visualise success, you will succeed. If you visualise things going wrong, they will go wrong. But if you visualise it working for you, it will work according to the promises of God. Can you see how faith goes hand in hand with our imagination? It works either for your imagination or against your faith. For your faith or against your faith. And I think that's what's sort of happened to me over the years. My imagination hasn't been working quite right. Which means it's limited what God wanted to do with... Anybody want to fess up and say, that's me. I want to see my imagination work in doing what Jesus says I can do. In being the person he says I am. I'm not going to fail at work. There's a whole lot more to work than just going to work. I'm called to be a blessing. Imagine that. There's a bit of a higher call on your life than make money. That's so low. Jesus said, I've called you and blessed you to be a blessing. Come follow me, I'll make you Fishes of men, he's got a destiny for your life that goes beyond making money. It's part of it, but <laughs> it's only to resource what he wants to do, and there are greater things that he has for each one of us. For some of you, you would say, I have a call to create wealth. It's wonderful, and it may be an emphasis of your life. If it's genuine, it will be happening. But it can't negate the call of Jesus to all of us to follow him and make fishes of men. Everything has to happen. And if you only visualize one area of your life working, all the others won't work. Can you see that? We can overemphasize some things and God wants us to be balanced followers of Jesus Christ. I remember when uh, I was first saved, I knew I had such a joy when I received Jesus. My life, I just said it's yours, you can do what you like with it. And I believe he has. Because God will always use anybody that's willing. He, He doesn't use the most gifted. Always. Some of you are, but not me. I'm not classed as naturally gifted. I'm available and have been available to him to do what he wanted to do. But when I was first saved, I had this self-image that was like a religious thing that whenever I would come before the throne of God in worship, because we were taught, come before his throne, his presence, draw near to God. Isn't that an awesome thing? That's not normal. Visualize it. Not, let's worship, oh, let's sing a song. No, we're drawing near to God. God is in this place. Wake up. God's here. And I remember I'd worship, but I'd always feel a bit unworthy and not really want to look. I always felt like if I was before the throne, I'd be like this. Sorry, it's only me. I, I'm a bit of a worm. I'm no good. I'm rubbish. I'm, I'm, and I remember one day a preacher came and they said, You need to see yourself blameless and holy in his sight. You need to see yourself blameless. Well, I knew I wasn't, but that's because of Jesus. And Jesus is blameless and i'm in christ and so my worship took off so to speak because i began to visualize myself as he saw me isn't that amazing you see this mind of christ it's truth but my mind started to visualize him his presence I started to see the 24 elders around the throne. I started to hear the multitudes proclaiming blessing and honor, the roar of the waterfall, the voice that sounds like many waters, the lightning from the throne, the rainbow around the throne, and I'm gone. But if I imagine, I'm in a building in Crescent House in Taunton. Let, let me tell you where I am. I'm in a building in Crescent House. I'm not with God. I'm with a chair I'm on. Or uh, looking at the musicians. Visualisation changes everything. When it's redeemed to godly truth. Praise God. Faith and hope. Uh, my dad... I thought of this example and I hope this will help. I'm not going to go on too much longer because this is a strong word but it's a very important launch. Um, My dad used to have a vegetable garden and uh, I didn't catch that vision for my life. (laughs) Anyway, I'll just leave that there. It was his vision, not mine. Um, And he used to dig the beds and he used to put seed beds up in a mound and plant the seeds in there. And then on the end of the row, he would take a stick and he would put a picture, which way up that? The wrong way up, of what was planted in that row, peas. And it, every time you went past that seed bed, you got a vision. Yum, yum, yum! Look what's coming! Look what's coming, guys! Look what's coming! And every time, if, if you didn't get a picture, you'd look at those beds and you say, "There's nothing there. There's nothing happening." Uh, you know, and you start to speak against the seed. You start to doubt that seed, you start to deny that seed. But that seed went in, he knows, he received, he knows the seed, the soil received, the ground received the seed. And so every time there'd be carrots, oh yum, there's a whole Sunday lunch right there. Potatoes in the ground. And isn't that what Jesus taught, the seed is the word of God? But your hope, your mind, you can visualize what's coming and it's going to help you. A holy imagination, faith being sure of what we hope for. That's what he was hoping for. And his, obviously, hope without faith, there's no point hoping. There'll be nothing. You can put all the pictures you like up there. But faith without hope isn't going to work for you. It's faith and hope for the future. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans. Why don't you take this personally this morning? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to, huh, what would that look like? What would that look like for you? Can you visualize it? Most of you can quote that scripture. But maybe you're visualizing not prospering. Or not doing well. Or a difficult, impossible future. You just can't see a way ahead. I've got plans to prosper you, not harm you. No harm's coming near my tent. Imagine that. Can I say that again? Psalm 91. No harm, I will say of the Lord, he's my shield, my fortress, my refuge. No harm will come near me. Visualize. Believe the word, because it's God's promise. But visualize what that would look like for you. Plans to give you a hope, a picture of what God promises and a future that's good. When things go wrong, your hope will keep you enduring. I, um, Most of you here know that I was diagnosed with cancer uh, at the end of last year. And the enemy had... Um, me visualising when I first heard that news being really sick the tumour growing exponentially. I just sat there and thought it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. It's getting bigger, it's getting bigger. It it was a visualisation not of plans to (laughs) prosper me but to kill me. And I needed a seed, a word. So, you know, the only place and the only person you can go to is Jesus. He's all the way through saying, come to me, come to me. Don't sit there and imagine without me. Come to me. I've got plans. It's his plans. His plans, not yours. He doesn't want to bless your plans. He wants to bless his plans. That's what he's going to bless. I've got plans. Come and sit with me. So I sat with him and I prayed. And you guys were praying for me too and it really worked. And he spoke. And God's word came into my heart. I had a seed. But you know, those pictures were stubborn. They refused to go. Of bad things. I had a promise but I'm still visualizing negative. Has anybody ever done this? For your kids, maybe someone's completely on drugs or addicted and you have a promise, but all you're seeing is things going wrong. You're seeing something that's actually happening even. And uh, I knew I had to do more than just accept a seed. I had to allow that promise to give me a new picture in my mind and so I started to see myself healed I saw myself walking preaching until I'm old now let me tell you that was counter the first vision I was off you guys I was gonna I was gonna say goodbye that was the picture that the enemy sowed into my head. But God, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the truth, I looked at this chapter. I can't tell you how many times I looked at it. Again and again. You see, I didn't just have a thought. I had a complete mind renewal. My mind was transformed into health and healing. And that got me through, that picture got me through the worst of times. Moses endured seeing him who is invisible, the scripture says. Why did he keep going? He forsook Egypt. He said, Egypt and all the wealth of the world is nothing because I've seen God. That's essentially what he was saying. I know him. Why would I live for all this other stuff? And let it consume my life. I know him. And he endured through the worst of times. The years in the desert. Because he knew him. Who is invisible to the natural eye. But he saw him. Wow. Your imagination and your faith. Faith and hope will get you through the worst of times. And into the healing and the blessing that God has planned for you. Now, do we struggle with our imagination? Anybody in the room? Pastor Andrea was saying honestly the other day, if there's anything the enemy likes to use with my mind, it's it's my imagination, because she visualizes everything. And uh, in her dreams, sometimes she has a dream from the enemy. And... Often the enemy wants to communicate and give visuals of really bad things happening. Fear, anxiety, uh, your job not being something you can cope with. You know, not coping with life starts inside. A marriage going wrong starts inside. Oh, wanting what God doesn't want for your life starts inside. You start to visualize. But can't we see this redeemed for the Lord and understand that God made us to work on our imaginations with him. Start to see a different picture for my life. Genesis. I'm just going to read this. In Genesis I'm going to, we're going to pray together. Genesis chapter 15. I love this. How are you doing? You catching what the Spirit is saying? Ah, wonderful. So, Abraham well, his name at that point was Abram. You remember God spoke to him and he left everything behind to follow. And he'd seen God do amazing things, but he still hadn't seen the son that God promised and the fruitfulness that God promised. And he was struggling with a word from God but couldn't see how it could happen. Maybe he began with vision of how it could happen, but he'd lost it along the way. And in Genesis 15, the Lord comes to Abram and he says these amazing words. Don't be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And Abram answers, and I just love this conversation. Uh, He's so fed up of not seeing what God said he would do that he says, well, what can you do for me? I've actually not got what you said you'd give me, this boy and this future to be a blessing to all the peoples of the earth. I've not seen it yet. And he says, there's a guy in my house, he's going to be the heir of everything that I have. And God said to him, this one will not be your heir, but one from your own body will come. Your body, you will have an heir. And then um, to help him, he didn't just give him a promise, he took him outside. And he said, come with me then, Abraham, you and me, let's go out. I love the uh, conversation mode of prayer. Are you noticing? Not one way. There's a a wonderful conversation. God and his man. This obedient servant who'd done what God asked of him. He took him outside and he said, let me help you visualize my promise that to your descendants, I'm going to give this land, uh, your descendants will be more numerous than the stars, if you can count them, and the dust of your feet. Well, there's no light pollution at that time. And if you've ever been and looked at a night sky where there's no light pollution, it is phenomenal. It's like God on show. It's like God on show. All the stars, multitudes that you can't count. And God says, I'm going to give you a word, but I want to work on your imagination because your faith is not going to work without seeing it. I need you to see what I've said. The word came in a vision. I need you to see what I've said. And I want you to visualize and use the stars that you see every night and the dust that goes through your sandals no, no Nike, uh, Nike shoes, Nike. No Nike shoes, uh, just sandals. The dust on his feet. Maybe he didn't even have sandals. I don't know. But Abraham got the picture of what God was promising for him. Can you see that God does not mind working with us on our minds? Because he did it with Abraham. Our father, the, the, the scriptures say, follow in his footsteps. If you're going to be great, you don't just need faith. You need to start to visualize the things that God has promised you. And as he visualized, he said, I believe it. I can see it, Father. I can see it. I can see that forever I'm going to be the father of the multitudes. Of those being saved. So he says about your healing, imagine it. He says about a marriage that's going to be great and serve God, imagine it. Your kids on fire for Jesus, imagine it. Saving people, seeing people saved, imagine it. Walking on water, let it catch your mind. And begin to visualize what God can do. Not just believe it. Imagine. What a word. And some of you might be sitting there saying, I'm not very good with my head. Well, God made you. And you can think of ice cream if I say it. (laughs) You can see a strawberry if I said it. But, you know, if we put garbage in, it comes out. If you get consumed with things, you will be consumed by them. But if we're consumed by God and his thoughts, no wonder we can change the world. No wonder we can change the world. But we've got to get this visual thing back. You know, I was recently... um, is anybody bored with TV? Um, try and watch something that's watchable for a Christian because I'm holy. You know, that's how I see myself. I'm set apart for God. I'm not like the world. And I'm not going to conform to the pattern of this world. Anyway, chose a really nice story about this country and western singer. Started to watch it, and it kind of like you know, it's really interesting. It's nice, a family, you know, with kids and singing, and she was a good singer, great music, and just just going through this drama. Got to about I can't remember what it was. Series six, no, uh, the number six in the series, and early on. And somebody's jumping into bed with somebody else. Right, okay, well, that's not great. You didn't see that because it's a 12. I can't watch 15s. They've gone to 18s. A 15 is an 18. And Christians don't definitely watch an 18 if you're holy and set apart. for I just thought I'd say that. Because garbage in... Garbage out. And um, anyway, all right, once. And we have this, you have this saying strike one and strike two, you're out. So next time we're watching it, again, they're in bed, a different couple. Adultery, just openly. Uh, I'm like, sad. It's a sacrifice because there's nothing to watch, but out you go. Hello? Because I want my imagination to be redeemed for God. I want God to use me in this generation. Is't that important? But God has plans for you, plans to prosper you, not harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Let's stand. Thank you Jesus. Oh anybody like my hope on the stick? Yeah, God really gave me that as a visual. And some of you are believing for things, but God wants you to work on your imagination with him and his word. Let's just pray. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, that you've begun to stir in each one of us, even this morning. You've spoken your word for us to stretch out our minds before you like that man with a withered hand. Maybe our minds have been consumed with all the wrong things, visualizing the wrong things, or just human things, the ordinariness of life. But Lord, you've got a plan that's not ordinary. It's a out of the boat, walking on water different. And it's a calling to be blessed, to be a blessing. And so, Father, I pray, and we pray together. We present our minds to you and invite you to redeem them. If that's your prayer, just invite God this morning through his spirit of truth to redeem your mind. That your thoughts and your imagination. You'll see yourself healed. You'll see yourself unafraid of a situation. You'll see how life is going to work for you, not be a disaster. And you'll see blessing in your future. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are able to take out those dreams that are not of you, that visual images of things that are not from you, where we get consumed by the things that you haven't planned for us, but you affirm and confirm like Abraham. When we struggle, you speak again, and you confirm that word, and you get us visualizing again. I pray for vision of the greatness of God in our lives, that you take the limits off and that we would see the stars in the heavens and the dust of the earth, that you have far more than we could ever ask or imagine planned for us. And so, Lord, I pray that each one of us will use our imagination for your glory that we'd visualize ourselves doing what Jesus said we could do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you this is a room full of healers, a room full of people who have power, a room full of blessed people who have a hope and a future, and that you've called us, Lord, not to any old road map, Not to any old plan, but your plans. And I pray that we'd come close to you in this season. Draw near and seek you for your plans. And be bold enough to throw out those entertaining plans of the devil who wants us consumed with everything else but the kingdom of heaven. So Lord, refine and define our minds. Come and renew them through your word and your spirit. And I pray that we will be a people so excited because we can see ourselves in what you speak is the truth. Thanks, Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.